Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, baby. You just tuned in to WHWD and I got a special request that goes out to Mary Jane. This is for you, baby girl. For you. 1956 Jaguar will store. Five-inch white walls on Goodyear tires, fire engine red, chrome on front and rear, white interior, soft like it's wonder bread. I'm feeling hurt, I'm in pain. Miss my girl, Mary Jane. We made love for the first time last night, and I was hoping I could see you again, Mary Jane. Do up, do up, do up, do up, do up. That's what they say when I drive by. Alternative pop 
rock group from Toronto, Canada, and um, we're going to chop it up with Miss Jacqueline right now. So, Jacqueline, why don't, instead of me reading all this good stuff about you guys, why don't you <laughs> just tell the listeners? <laughs> it, makes, it makes it easy for me, I'm going to say. Make it sure. easy, baby. Make it easy. <laughs> So, uh, hey, uh, hey, y'all, my name is Jackie. I am the lead singer from Across the Board. We are a Canadian rock band. Um, we're all over the internet if you want to look us up, Across the Board Band. We started out about, oh, five years ago doing YouTube covers, and 600 or so videos later, here we are with five albums and traveling all over the place. So, um, that's that's basically it in a nutshell. Well, that's fantastic, you know, because it's, I mean, the way that you just said that everything that just happened is like a little bit different from, um, you know, the model to discovered, you know, the old school way, you know what I mean? So. Oh, that, that, that doesn't that's, exist that's, anymore, my friend Lamont. If it does exist, no, it's fleeting or it's based on lies. The new music industry is so much different. Unless you're, you know, from 16 to 21 years of age and you're just like that super-duper superstar, um, there's just too much access to music out there. There's so much noise you have to wade through as a listener, let alone a band. So what we've decided to do is just stay indie and build ourselves up organically and just find the fans who like our music use the internet to reach across, you know, the cyber waves out to the corners of the earth and make relationships, not with record labels, but with our fans. Yeah, that's powerful that what you said, and, you know, I'm, I'm hoping our listeners, especially all the musicians, take heed to that because, you know, now on on the label side, you know, a lot of times it's a lot of good bands and and artists that go unnoticed because they don't have their do. numbers up, their YouTube up, you know, their social oh networking thing is not up. Let me tell so, you a story uh, about somebody that's in our camp that, that has amazing social numbers. She won a competition, a TV competition. She's young. She's beautiful. She's super-duper talented. She got signed to Taylor Swift's label. And um, they basically locked her down for a year in some artist development contract and then let her loose after a year and totally squashed everything she was doing up until then. She built this fantastic organic um, community of followers that loved her to death on Snapchat and Musical.ly. She's like number one person on Musical.ly, um, on you know Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. She just like blew up on her own for the last several years. The label grabbed her and parked her. They parked her. And now they said, okay, well, you know, you don't fit into our thing and whatever, we're moving on. So they basically took a year of her life and just squashed it. And she could have been developed properly, doing so many other things, or just kept doing what she used to be doing, you know. Sad. It's just sad. My question is, I'm wondering. Yeah, my question is, I'm kind of, I'm kind of wondering. I mean, why, why did they do that? I mean, uh, two thoughts. Uh, obviously, her music had to be solid, had to have legs for her to have that type of following. So that's one thing. I mean, 
I, I know in this crazy business, you could sound too much like somebody else, and a label will do that to you because they don't want the competition. Yeah. So I'm just oh, wondering no, no. what was a reason I'll for tell you what that. it was. The reason for that is she didn't have a lot of music of her own. She was like the cover queen. So she did those musical clips with like, you know, these one-minute little 45-second, 15-second funny clips, and she had a huge following. She had Instagram stuff. She's on Facebook all the time. She's really good at that, those little clips. And she was in one of those kind of uh, teeny bop cover bands, you know, that they like to promote on KTEL. Remember those little things? I don't want to say the name because I don't want to, like, so one of those old-fashioned things, the new version of that. And she's amazing. She is a freaking talented little girl. And, you know, she's just a teenager. But labels get greedy and they just want to stomp on people and just, like, get them ready to do something. But if then suddenly label changes, ideas change, they found somebody different or better, next shiniest piece of diamonds in the, you know, in the rocks there, and off they go. And it's kind of sad because I just think they they just walked over her. And I just, like, labels, what they do today is they wait for you to build up your own organic following, and then they want to get on board with that. But they still want to take the money that they've taken that we all know about. We know how that works. I mean, I just watched this documentary on Netflix about Perlman, who ran the boy bands in Sync and Backstreet Boys, and how those guys, after a year of busting their butts out on the road, making millions of dollars for the label, got to, had this party because they were going to have their big check at the end of the year. They each got $10,000. And they looked at each other like, what? Huh? After wow. everything we just did, you guys, and... When they broke it down, they were charging them for all those dinners and all those hotels and all the stuff for it, making them pay back all the stuff that the label put into them to develop them to the point where there was no money because they were paying everybody else the money. There was nothing left for them. And it was designed that way. I, I still see label contracts where they talk about record breakage. They take off so much percentage for breakage. Excuse me? We don't even ship vinyl anymore. What era are you living in, you dinosaur? Like, excuse me? But that's part of a record label contract still. Like, come on. So, yeah, I'm a little anti-establishment record label. I'm like, I just I, I just agree with the way Chance the Rapper did it. You know, he just went out there and said, you know what? I'm going to do my own thing. Here's my music. You're my followers. It's up here. Listen to it. Here, let's go. So that's sort of our philosophy. So we just we're just cruising around doing our own thing, and I think there's more power in that, you know. Yeah, it is. It is. I, I for one, I, I happen to have a, a deal with a major situation, and I also do a lot of stuff independent as well. And coming from a, a, another um, era. I had to learn how to do it um, both ways. So I definitely see the benefit of both, and I definitely have learned over the years how to kind of maneuver between the two because both of them well, got some good stuff to it. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about it as a band. Would we be against signing with a label? No, but we would want control of our own music. We want to own our own masters. We want to be partners with the label. We don't want the label to control us. And I think... Um, the way we are right now, um, we just we just we're happy. A, we're happy. We're you're happy in a power posture. Yeah, you're in a power posture as well because 
uh, be quite frank with you, there's a lot of situations out here that are actually looking for artists uh, like you because there really aren't any true uh, A&R departments no more. I mean, they're using a lot of independent yeah. labels. For the, they, yeah. That's what they're using independent labels for, is to do the A&R work. You know, they let an independent label. They're label, using you know, us to do our own A&R. And, we're doing exactly. our own A and R by building up our YouTube channel, or building up our Instagram, by building up our own followers. So we come to the label with, you know, 10 million fans, and we say, "Hey, we already have more fans than so and so had when you signed them. Look at us." Um, and that's very attractive to labels, and I think that's a smart business model. If I was a label, well, exactly, I would wait and sit down and wait, and the- <laughs> you know. Right, and see, the other thing, there's there's no loss factor there because you've already developed, you've already shown that you have the ability to, to sell and move music. And the powerful thing is money only means something to the people that don't have it. These major, major labels have tons and tons and tons of money, and they don't have a problem making money with you. But like you said, if yeah. given the wrong situation, they'll make money off of you instead of with you. That's right, and I think I think I think, I think it's true that labels are seeing things differently. I mean, Taylor Swift left her label, Big Machine Records, last year. And I noticed a lot of artists who have gone out on their own over the years and created their own labels, and for all the same reasons, for all the same reasons. And I think the big, big labels are, are a little more cautious at the same time as being perhaps a bit more collaborative with artists. But... It's always a dream of any artist to be signed by a big label and have the ability to reach suddenly to a global following and, and be on those big monster stages opening for other acts on that label who are bigger. And it's hard to do that when you're an indie artist. It's all actually, it's pretty much impossible. It's really hard to do that. Unless right. you have a friend who's like a band member in one of those big bands or you buy on to concerts because I, I heard that happen. Um, it's tough, right? So, but you can create your own following as an artist, and and please again, those are the people who want to hear your music, anyways. Focus on your fans. I think if you focus on making the music you want to make, playing it for the people who want to hear it, then it doesn't matter because you're doing what you want to do, anyways. You're doing what you're supposed to do as an artist. Well, I can certainly say there's not too many uh, artists out there with, that have your mindset, and that's a great and wonderful thing because that's definitely how you have to do it these days. Yeah, and don't get depressed about not being able to have A&R from Sony look at your stuff because you're only one Twitter share away from these people now. It's not like the old days, you know. Um, when, you know, my, my the last generation, my dad's era, trying to get a record deal means you had to find a way to get your music in front of somebody who could actually, who's going to sit down and listen to it and then like it within 10 seconds. Like it was really tough. I'm sure a lot of really good music just basically was thrown in the garbage before it was even listened to. Nowadays, if you get a really excited fan who, who has a big Twitter following for something other than music, who says, gee, I really like this band and shares it. And then one of their followers is Ryan Seacrest. It's like, oh, my God, you know, suddenly you're, you're, I just gave him as an example, just to throw an example, but, you know, just like somebody with a lot of clout in the music industry who's a media person, suddenly they're retweeting your stuff. It's like, whoa, that's all it took. It took five seconds 
twit, twit, twit. There you go. And we are all one twit tweet away from um, stardom, you know? And it's kind of cool. It's exciting. It's interesting to think that there's somebody you don't know out there that's going to share your one video that they loved. And that one person's going to hear it and then book you for the next Woodstock. <laughs> yeah. That's the wonderful, that's the wonderful and fantastic thing about the age of the Internet. It is. We didn't have that before. There was no way for no, a small girl from <laughs> mid-central Canada to get her music in front of, you know, the big labels in L.A. or in New York or in the U.K. and London. Like, we just, there's no way it wasn't going to happen. Right. It wasn't going to happen unless all the stars aligned. But nowadays, you can... Just have that one person in your Twitter following <laughs> or your Instagram page who's like, man, I really like this band. Have a look at this. And all of the people who follow them because they like Kentucky Fried Chicken suddenly are like, yeah, 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 man, that totally is cool. And I'm going to share it with everybody else I know. And suddenly, boom, you go viral and the labels are calling you. There's tons of stories like that. I know so many bands who in the last five years have signed with big artists, bec- or sorry, with big labels because one of their videos went viral. And the labels jump on the bandwagon, which is great business practice, right? That's great entrepreneurial business practice. No, I understand. You know, I understand why labels do it, because you can weed out your losses definitely that way. Well, I have a question for you. Um, I understand you're a multi-instrumentalist, and let's let's talk about that a little bit. What inspired you? Yeah, what motivated you to do this? Well, I started out, in concert bands when I was a kid. I picked up a guitar that was my first instrument, but then when I was in grade seven, um, we started having the option in school to go into band, you know, at noon. And it was sort of a good way to meet friends or have fun or do something at lunch hour, you know. So I picked up an oboe and a flute and a saxophone. I just thought all the instruments I kind of went through looking for something that I thought was cool enough. Mom, 
you know, if we ask mom, can we have a guitar? Can we have a, an amp? Can we have this? Can we have that? She would find a way to make that happen and find a way to get us in a lesson or figure out somebody who could come teach us or buy us a book. You know, there was no internet then when we were little, right? So it was always you had to buy a book or you had to learn how to read sheet music, which we did because we were all in band. So we learned how to read sheet music. So she would go to the music store and she would buy the anthology of Elton John or the anthology of the Beatles. And then we would learn those songs, you know? And, uh, and then as we got a little bit older, my brother started putting up kiss posters and Pearl Jam posters and, and, and Nirvana posters. And my other brother was into, Oh my God, Jimmy Buffett and Neil Young and Simon and Garfunkel, like different eclectic tastes. Right. And me, I was like Fleetwood Mac, U2, um, Pink Floyd, The Doors, like I was right in the middle of all of that. <laughs> so, I, but I listened to all this music all the time, and uh, because my brother, there's all a little bit of competition between us too, because we're all about a year apart, and we always had a, a, a cottage to go to that was my great grandfather's. So it was in the family, and we would go there on the weekends in the summer, and there's nothing to do, nothing, no TV. There was no friggin' internet. There was like you're at the cottage. There's no heat. You got a campfire and a coal bucket that you you know if it's too cold you put coal in the fire and you warmed yourself up and you grabbed a guitar and we just sang Simon and Garfunkel songs or Beatles songs like whatever we could remember. My brother is awesome <laughs> at singing the first two verses and one chorus of every song, but he could never get past the bridge. <laughs> it's like, I don't remember the rest of the song. So we were really good at singing, like, the very first, you know, minute and a half of any song you could ever imagine. And it wasn't just us. Like, everybody on the beach that we had a cottage at was like that. And even now, to this day, you know, I brought my husband out there from where I grew up, which is about, you know, 3,000 miles away from where I live now. And the thing he loved the most was the community campfire where all of the generations came around. You'd have the little kids, the medium-sized kids, the next generation, the grandparents, all of them hanging out, playing drums, playing guitars, taking turns doing songs. And that's just how I grew up. Oh, that's fantastic. Hold on, Jackie. I think we got somebody else to have a question. Let me see who they are. Awesome. All right, this is Aromas here on the line. Yeah, you are. Come on. Okay, yeah, I'm enjoying the conversation. It's it's good to hear uh, uh, people talk about something that they love, you know, especially music. Oh, thank you. What's your you name? Know, ha- my name is Aromas. Aromas is my name. And I had oh. a, a question uh, for you, a couple, really. I wanted to know what your early influences, oh, other than that you mentioned that, but, I mean, and you saw who was the first yeah. person you saw live, and wow, yeah, the very, very, very first person that I ever saw live, the very first band was a band called Nazareth. Um, say, say that I again. I don't even know how. It was a band called Nazareth back in like when I was about Nazareth. twelve years okay. old. Nazareth. I and do you remember that? They were I do. You know, I mean good. I saw the name, I remember Boston. the logo. I never saw them, but I just I remember yeah. them being out there. And I was like mm-hmm. twelve years old and I went to I went to their um I went to their concert and it was the first time I ever smelled weed in the crowd, you know, what is that? Very smell? nice. What are yes. doing here? 
And people like that, the pounding of the music and the drums and the song. I knew the songs because my grandma had an eight track of Nazareth that she would play in her old 67 Camaro. And Mm. so I knew the songs, right? And I was like, I imagine myself on that stage someday, maybe not playing Nazareth songs, but I just imagined that. I'm like, that's what I want to do. I knew from that age that I wanted to do that. Yeah. You know, uh, also me being, I'm a, a youth minister as well as using music as a, as a means of communication. I could see yeah. you, whether earlier or later, really, uh, uh, um, I would use the word ministering unto children, but having that like workshops because you you, you sound like you're having such fun with everything. You know, it's, children it's need it's to be turned on to it. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to say that our last album, Sonic Boom, actually was nominated for a, a Gospel Music Association Award here in Canada, the the Covenant Awards, which is sort of like the Dove Awards in the States. And wow, we, we're awesome. not a Christian band. We're Actually, my husband and I are Christians. We're Pentecostal Christians, but we're not a Christian band. We're a rock band. But we have wow. that same sort of mentality that runs through everything we do. You know, we, we, we're believers, and we are very strong in our faith and even members of our band I would say there's only one person in our band who's not a Christian and he's Jewish and he's super religious so our band is so everybody's on some spiritual consciousness everybody's on a spiritual journey in the band but we don't lead with that we don't talk about it but our band is is a very spiritual band and we all write together we write together we you know we, we have that sort of singular consciousness that comes to play and um yeah so wow when you're that's, that's interesting i had a similar experience the music that i like my son was my son um he's he raps and my other two children are musicians as well but cool. uh, we had got a song recorded about the reverend michael over at agape and it's not a it's not a uh, gospel song it's just a, you know, it's just a positive song. And my son said, "Dad, that's not gospel." And I'm like, "Shh, don't say anything." <laughs> so <laughs> I know it's crazy. We went when we went to the award ceremony. I was thinking, you know, there's all these fantastic gospel songs that are absolutely Christian songs, and our song is called But for some reason, it got nominated for best best album. It's not even best song, but the whole album got nominated. And I was like, oh, what happened here, you know? But it was it was really inspiring being there with all those people at that award ceremony, which was was really a powerful place to meet up with people who have been in that community. That that's not part of our world. It's a community that wow. we understand and we listen to, but it's not part of our everyday life. And it was really powerful to sort of be part of that to the point where I was talking to you know band members. Maybe we should write, actually spend some time and write a Christian album. That might be super cool. A Christian rock album. Well, that's yeah. really cool. You know, that's cool with good with good songs and good music. It it goes past uh, religion and all those things and and the, yeah. whatever messages are buried in the songs. I'm like that too. I don't like my you know. Uh, and I'm actually thinking about going gospel, although a lot of my songs they're not uh, or, or religious per se, but they're just they can fit into the category of just inspiration. So I really yeah. uh, understand what you're saying. About that, yeah. You know, are you doing? Are you doing shows out in? in Yeah. Hey guys, let me let me let me jump in right quick, man, because I feel a terrible, terrible, terrible need to hear some music right now. 
But hold your thoughts, and we're going to come back. Hey, hey Jacqueline, we're going to play you guys uh, a single right now, Wild Ones, and then we're going to come back awesome. with a convo. How about that? Sounds Stay great. tuned. Sounds we'll good. be right back, everybody. This is I Am Indian. This is Wild Ones by Across the Board. Star. 
was last year. I was diagnosed with breast cancer, which was which really sucked and kind of got in the way of life. Um, and it was just before we were um, recording our this album. Actually, that was the Wild Ones was on the Wild Ones album. And so I started chemo just before we shot one of our videos um, for the last album. And actually, we probably shot two of the videos for the last album, Sonic Doom, when we were when I was in the middle of chemo, which was kind of challenging. And leading up until uh, right up until the um, shooting release party in March, I had just had my mastectomy surgery just before that. So it's like every time some major thing that I have to do with my breast cancer came up. It would be followed immediately by some major things for a few seconds. It was exhausting. Wow. Um, but things just sort of calmed down a little bit now. I'm still in chemo, but I don't go as often. And it's not any of the big bad stuff. And I still have, I have one more surgery, reconstruction surgery left. So. Looking forward to ringing the bell in the cancer center for the end of my treatment um, in November. And moving on from there. And, October during Breast Cancer Month, we're going to be doing a big benefit here in Toronto to raise money for breast cancer research called the uh, Rock the Cure concert. So we're going to get a bunch of female-led uh, bands, female-fronted bands together and uh, rock the cure. All righty then. We have, uh, well, we're going to continue praying for you. You know, we know. Big Thank you. Will make everything work out for you. That's for sure. Thank you. So we, yeah, not a problem, not a problem. Uh, we have another one of your songs queued uh, up here. Um, Eye of the Storm. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Uh, well, why don't you tell us? Why don't you introduce it and tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So this is um this is a song uh that was written by our collective band. Uh the music was done by Matt Makarenko from MC two Music Media, who's one of our two producers. And um the words actually were co written by our keys player Marty Heller and myself. And it's all about this was this is probably my cancer song for the whole album. I have a storm is about me trying to find peace in the middle of chaos. You know how the eye of the storm is that calm spot? So I'm I'm trying to find it, trying to crawl to it, trying to be in it and then trying to dance with it. So that's what that's that's the premise behind Eye of the Storm. Okay. Well everybody, like I like to say, uh let the windows down, turn the air conditioner up and put your ear on this. This is Eye of the Storm across the board. <laughs> I lost the moon and the stars in city light. I don't know why I can't sleep at night.
About uh, Fleetwood Mac earlier in the show, yeah, and I don't, I don't know why I was thinking about Stevie Nicks. Yeah, she's I awesome. I, she's, I don't know. She's, I heard she's I, kick I don't ass know why that I one. About that when I when I heard <laughs> a couple of your notes right there. Oh, cool. Well, she's definitely one of my <laughs> one of my influences. That's for sure. I, to be honest with you, um, I didn't start singing until 2015 when we decided we were going to come out of the internet box and do our own music and do our own um, original stuff. Up until that point, we've been doing covers, making cover music videos on the internet. And we gained following on YouTube by doing uh, a cover series where we would get together in one day and we would learn a song record a song, mix it down, shoot a music video, edit it, and put it up on YouTube all in one day. And that was the series called Pick Up and Play that we still do. We don't do it as often. We used to do it every week. We don't do that as often. We do it about once every six weeks now but, because we've got a lot of other stuff on the go. But um, that, uh, that's still there. And, and I honestly didn't even know how to sing. I was the harmony background singer in the band. We had a male lead vocalist for a long time. Julian Peter and then Julian decided that he was going to go off to film school and he just he's still around he's still a good friend he still comes by and does videos with us from time to time he's in a lot of our videos um, but he's not been part of the original music the original albums and stuff so I became the lead singer suddenly and um, I just kept listening to people like Joan Jett and Stevie Nicks and Blondie and you know I don't know, just people that that sang rock and roll uh, and tried to see how, how they did it. A good friend of mine, Jessica Speciali, who I talked about earlier, who we tour with, um, I've learned a lot from her, just watching her and listening to how she sings to the point where I just feel a bit more confident as a singer. But it's not been the first thing in my playbook, that's for sure. <laughs> that just came about last time. Well, some people are just born with it and other people can't buy it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. It's fun though. I love it. I've always sang in the car. I've always sang in the shower. I've always, I guess, been a singer, just not a, a public singer until, you know, until this, this project. Well, you're definitely kicking up a storm now, and you got a good foot in the door, so there's no question about that. Well, thanks, Lamont. 
question about that. It's fun. It's fun to to hear it back. It's fun to hear it back. But I the, my most favorite moments are probably just jamming out and playing guitar. To be honest, that's sort of where I find my stride. And I love it when we get into the instrumental parts of our music, and I can just watch my bandmates do their thing. You know, that's fun. Oh yeah, that's that's empowering in itself because once you guys start feeding off each other, I mean the energy just kind of bounces around. You know what I mean? It's so true. It is so true. I mean, um, there'll be moments when we're all maybe a little tired or maybe not very connected, and we get on stage, and by the end of the first song, we're like, okay, okay, we're we're back, we're good. Wow, that is so crazy, boy. You know, this musician's life is something else. Yeah, we so, live our lives in, in like late night places and early morning spaces and get naps in between. Yep, and trying not to eat too much junk food. That's a challenge on the road. That's yeah, a challenge. major challenge. Try not to so eat too else, much junk and try not to drink too much. What yeah, else you got well, going? You know, well, I was going to ask you too. Well, you know, the stuff, the drink. You know, people say you're playing rock; they automatically assume that you, you know, doing all that other crazy stuff too. But that's not necessarily yeah. so. No, I don't know. For those guys that watched uh, the documentary "The Dirt" by Motley Crue. Uh, our oh, listen, not listen. listen. Hey, that, <laughs> not like that at all. Although we did do a cover of the dirt on our pick up and play playlist on YouTube. If you if you um Google the dirt across the board, you're gonna come to a YouTube uh, version of it. it. Just got up. We just put it out like I don't know four or five weeks ago. And we had to change Vince some Neil, of the words Vince in that Neil song. <laughs> exactly. Vince Neil is a very close friend of mine. He's awesome. I I love him. We had to change a few words in the song because, you know, if you look at the video, there's me and my two backup singers, Chazelle and Tasha, singing it. And we really didn't want to talk about fake tits and stuff. So we're like, hmm. (laughs) We changed the words a little bit. You'll see. (laughs) But it was fun. It was a blast. But yeah, rock bands, uh, there's some rock bands like that, but they're really on self-destruct mode. And this day and age, you have to be a bit more business savvy and a little bit straighter, a little bit more healthy because there's all those yes. trappings and those bands can just fizzle out, you know. There's only so much chaos that a body can handle. And if you want to, if you want to, you know, live a long time, you've got to take care of it at some point. You know, those guys were really young when they started, so they had a lot of buffer zone, but my band's not that young, you know, we don't really have that kind of buffer anymore, so we have to be careful, but we still have a lot of fun, we we still party a lot, um, we're just a little more, I guess, maybe smart about it, you know, we know when to stop. Well, that's important. Just say no. Just say no, people. Uh, Just say no. Yeah, I, 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 but weed is I, uh, weed is, is like weed is like um, legal in Canada, so we've got a 
I like it is in California. It's just sort of everywhere. And it's mm-hmm. interesting when something's everywhere, it's not interesting anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which right. is a pretty good strategy. <laughs> well, this is actually I, I tell I tell my friends all the time, this is uh prohibition prohibition, you know, it's the same thing that they did with the alcohol and the cigarettes. Same yeah. Thing. Yeah, take them away. Once it's in every store somewhere, it won't nobody want it anymore. Exactly. That's like everything, you know? So true. Yeah, so we got another song of yours here queued up, so we're going to get this one in right here. It's called Monster. Oh, Monster. So this is like the good side of the wolf where, you know, as a kid, you got a monster hiding under wait, your you say, bed. Wait, 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 wait. Yep. Did you say the good side of the wolf? Yep, the good side of the wolf. So once you, so this <laughs> okay. is like the monster that's the gentle giant. So this is taking a look at it from the monster's viewpoint, so that I'm the monster. Let me tell you what I'm really here for under your bed. I'm here to protect you from everything. So don't be so worried about me being under your bed. I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to protect you. All right, you guys. Here come Monster from across the board.
Michael's awesome. Michael lets us meet people like you. He finds people like you for us to talk to. We love Michael so much. Michael's been a great supporter of the band, and he's a great PR guy. He's amazing. Um, big shout-out to MC2 Music Media, who are our producers, and I guess our indie label, MC2 Records, as well as MTS Records. Um MC2 in, in Canada here and MTS in the States. And uh, yeah, Darnell and Matt, they write with us, they produce with us. We just got back from band retreats where we all went out to the cottage and we wrote six or seven songs for the next album last, like this past weekend, like three days ago. It was great. Wow. Those guys are, are geniuses. They did our last three albums and they're just they're really good here in Canada. That's fantastic. Well, definitely. I want to thank you for taking time to come out chatting up with us, you know, and uh, we're going to definitely keep you in our prayers as far as the health thing is concerned. And I thank know you. And the music. I know you guys thank keep you. on doing wonderful, wonderful, definitely things. So, you know, just keep your head up and keep on doing what you're doing. It's all good. And you got another fan and some other friends over here on the West Coast. Uh, awesome. And thanks to the thanks to your fan who called in uh, earlier. That was an awesome chat. Best of luck to him and his uh, new gospel album that I think he's going to write. <laughs> all right. Yeah, he's a very talented actor, singer, songwriter as well. Okay, and thanks a lot, and thanks, everybody, and I uh, appreciate you. And come back next week, Wednesday. This is your host, Lamont Patterson. You've been listening to I Am Indy. And today, Miss Jacqueline August, Jackie from across the board, has been chopping up with us and telling us what's going on. So go check her out through all her social networks, you know, and uh, support, because that's what we do here, you know support all of our up-and-coming established artists and people that are here to contribute and help benefit one another. Good day, and uh, keep doing what you do. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.